From KUNR Reno Public Radio, this is Priced Out, a podcast about affordable housing. I'm Joey Lovato. And this is the last episode of the inaugural podcast for KUNR. I'm writing solo for hosting today, but we'll hear from Bree Zender later on in this episode. From living in daily motels to tiny homes to the impacts on mental health and food security, we've gone over a lot when it comes to affordable housing. And while we had all hands on deck for this series, we still can't cover all of the ins and outs of the issue. I've taken a minute to sit down and talk with some of the great people that have made this podcast a reality and to find out what we learned and where we see the problem going from here and what are some of the things that we just didn't have time to cover. We're going to hear from Paul Boger, Jacob Solis, Noah Glick, our editor, Michelle Billman, and of course, Bree Zender, the wonderful co-host of this very podcast. Let's get into it. All right, cool. So we're here with Paul Boger. You've you've done some reporting on affordable housing now. Uh, what did you What did you feel like you learned through all this reporting? So affordable housing is a much bigger, more systemic problem than I previously thought. I mean, it, the issue really goes beyond this idea that it's simply supply and demand. It's true that there's a shortage on housing across the Truckee Meadows and across northern Nevada in general, but all the way around, it's a bigger problem than that. There's really not any affordable housing or publicly subsidized housing in this area, and it's slow to come by because there's just a, just a lack of incentives to build that kind of housing it really anywhere other than a major city. So what do you wish you could have reported on that you didn't get a chance to report on? Well, there's this idea that homelessness is, an, uh, is a, a housing affordability issue. You know, if you listen to leaders, especially city leaders here in Reno, they talk about the solution to homelessness as if it were just an apartment or a roof over somebody's head, if it was that, you know, like it's that simple. But we know that the homeless population, especially here in northern Nevada, have a lot of barriers. They have addiction, mental health issues, disabilities. I'm curious to see if anybody has really looked into it here in Reno. If there's been some serious feasibility study, I'd, I'd love to see that. Either way, I, I think we're going to look at it here in the near-ish future. But I think homelessness as an affordability issue really would have been interesting. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much for talking with me, Paul. Thanks, Joey. Yeah. All right. And now I'm here with our reporter, Jacob Solis. Hello. How's it going? Good. It's going good. Good. So, uh, Jacob, what did you what did you learn through the process of reporting on affordable housing? So I, I learned a lot. So I learned that, honestly, the problem is universal, that if it's, you know, it's Reno Sparks, it can be as far as Fernley prices are going up. And in every single one of these communities, whether it's, you know, elderly and on fixed income from Social Security or something like that, if you're younger and are working two minimum wage jobs or you're a student and you're struggling to pay for, you know, tuition and housing and food and all those things. I mean, there isn't there isn't some group of people that isn't affected by this um, and I think that's that's the thing is that it's it's a universal problem. What's uh what's something that you kind of wish you could have reported on that you didn't quite get the chance to do? So in in the course of reporting on student living, I do wish I could have focused more on these private student housing complexes, these big old monstrosities that have hundreds of beds that are like dorms but owned by private companies. Um, and they play such a huge role in the market of student housing, which itself is a strange market. And I just wish I could have gone in. I wish I could have 
uh, done more on how they make their money, how they plan things, how new companies coming to Reno look at Reno as a market, and and what they see student housing looking like here in the long term, because the university has sort of backed away from building new housing options. Like they are maybe going to do it, but it's there. There are no concrete plans. Like they are concrete plans to say build a new business building or build a new build building a new arts building or things like that. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Jacob. You've done some great reporting through the series, and we really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, so I'm here with uh, our editor, Michelle Billman. You were you were on episode seven, and you're back in the studio now. Thank you, yeah. How's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> good. Got a good cup of coffee going. All right. So, uh, what did you what did you learn through this whole process of reporting on affordable housing? I, I know you didn't necessarily report on it yourself, but like you've been listening to everyone's stories. I have, yeah. It's kind of a unique vantage point to be working with multiple reporters out in the field, like seeing what they're bringing back to the newsroom, and then figuring out how do we, you know, turn everything they've collected into, uh, you know, a, a set amount of stories that actually does our best at, at telling this story as thoroughly and comprehensively as possible. But just knowing it's like breaking my heart a little bit that we just can't get to everybody's story and we can't cover everything. So mm-hmm. I've actually been thinking about this question a lot since you posed it to me the other day in terms of what I've learned. Um, and I think just on a personal level, I, it's helped me like take the blinders off. Like if if you have a house that you live in and you're comfortable you don't really see this problem as much. You don't think about it. It doesn't impact you every day because you're just kind of in the flow of your routine. But once you start reaching out and talking to the wide amount of people in this community who are impacted every day by this, it's it's horrifying to think, especially like, you know, I'm eight months pregnant. People can't see that right now <laughs> on the on the podcast. But, you know, I've got a second baby on the way. I've got a four-year-old at home. Um, I spent some time as a single parent for a couple years. And like the amount of single parents that we heard from who said, you know, it's it's really hard to find housing or perhaps a man or a woman who like can't leave a relationship because of the financial turmoil that that would cause. The fact that people are literally stuck in unhappy or potentially even abusive relationships because they cannot afford housing in this market is horrifying. The fact that there are parents who love their kids and are like working two to three jobs, like they are working their butts off and they're at the food pantries because they want to make sure their kids have a healthy meal. Like I think just as a community member, as a parent, like this has just been an emotional process and has taken the blinders off to help me see what's really happening in our community. Yeah, I think it's been an emotional process for a lot of us that have been, you know, working on this project. I think it's really been eye-opening for all of us. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Michelle. And thank you for uh, being the editor on the podcast for the last 10 episodes. We really, really appreciate it. Of course. All right, cool. So I am now here with uh, our reporter, Noah Glick. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Joey? It's good. How are you? I'm good. good. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what did you uh, what did you learn throughout the process of reporting on all of this affordable housing? Uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty complicated issue. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because that's, that's kind of what I was thinking is if there's one thing I've learned about housing throughout this process, it's that housing is an incredibly complicated issue. So I think that 
you know, when I talk about it, I refer to it often as a machine where if you turn one gear or one cog in the machine, it impacts all of the other cogs down the line. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's not a sim- there's no simple answer to housing. There's no simple solution. You know, we can often have some unintended consequences when we think about it in simple terms. The the other thing that I I learned from this series is the impact that property tax in Nevada has on housing costs. Um, I've learned that it, property tax can be very po- problematic when it comes to housing. Um, unless governments can raise more money through taxes, it's really hard for them to provide housing options and to plan for the future in, in ways like buying land or you know cleaning up existing properties and that sort of thing. Uh, is there something that you wish you, you could have reported on that maybe you didn't get a chance to? You know, a possible connection between climate change and housing costs. I, I found that to be kind of interesting that, you know, I heard from a few different folks that natural disasters, um, for example, they increase the prices of materials and it makes it harder to find labor as folks go to those areas to to rebuild. And I was just curious to know how much of that can really be attributed to man-made climate impacts. So that's something else I would have liked to have dived into a little bit more. Uh, and then is there is there something that you learned that you feel like you wanted people to know and you just didn't get a chance to say it. Is there something like real, like one fact? I'd say the biggest thing I would like people to recognize probably has to do with changes in lending. So lending has changed significantly since the financial crisis of 2008. And it's a real deal. Like if you're trying to buy a house, it's important to know what those changes are. It's a lot harder to get a mortgage now than it used to be. And so if you're looking to buy a home, you know, go in and talk to a financial professional before you get really into the process of like actually looking at houses and getting excited for it and that sort of thing, because your debt to income ratio needs to be a lot lower than it, than it used to be. Um, You need to have stable income and be able to prove that you have stable income. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot more uh, factors that, that have been put in place for a good reason, but they've been put in place to make sure that, you know, people can actually afford the loans that they're getting. So, you know, before you get too excited about looking into houses or buying a house, just make sure you do your research and talk to a, a financial professional that you that you trust bef- before you get too far down the path. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking with me, Noah. Thanks, Joey. All right. Great. Well, and then the last person I'm going to talk to is uh, is Bree Zender. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. I you haven't been my co-host for a couple episodes. I but know I've been really busy, but I'm I'm happy to be back in in the studio with you. Yeah, for the last episode. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I just want to know what did you learn from reporting through this whole this whole series? Well, I before I moved to Reno, I moved about seven months ago to Reno, and I was living in California before then, and uh, it's it was really expensive to live there also. Um, and when I came here, I, you know, I'm I'm paying a bit cheaper rent than I was before. And so I was kind of like, what are you guys talking about? Affordable housing crunch? This is <laughs> this is much cheaper. But, you know, in, in my reporting, when I actually went out on the field, I kind of realized that I just got lucky, <laughs> you know, and that um, this is something that everyone really struggles with. And it's it's constantly changing. It's not nearly to the point where it's at in California, but it's it's, you know, if it keeps going the way it is going right now, it's going to be kind of like that, even though we're not in San Francisco. A lot of your stories have to do with like more personal stories, unlike uh, unlike some of the other ones that are looked on the kind of the broader aspect or the political aspect or, you know, from developers. But you talk to the people that are really being affected by this. What did you what did you learn from the people that you talked to? That where you live affects every aspect of your life. I'm kind of an emotional reporter. I kind of I report on people's emotions really well. 
I don't know. I think probably the biggest thing I learned, I, I think a lot of people remember the the piece that I did for the first episode of the podcast with Jocelyn and and Sophie and Molly, the three um, women, woman and two girls living in a in a motel, um, and then later getting to an apartment. And uh, you know, it I hadn't really thought about it before, but you know, this story really affects kids in a way they don't have control over the situation at all. Those girls. You know, if they had gotten, been a little older, they might have been able to help their mom in that situation. And, you know, most kids, you know, when you're a kid, you don't deserve to have that. You don't, you're, you're not supposed to be in charge of uh, being a breadwinner for your family, you know. I, it kind of, it reminded me of me being like a teenager and my mom had a lot of health problems when I was a teenager and I had to kind of take over kind of mom duty a little bit for my younger brothers and uh, it kind of reminded me of those experiences. Yeah, it's it's hard to think about kids having to grow up before their childhood is over. I appreciate you sharing your personal connection with this, Brie. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening to Priced Out. This is our last episode, and we just want to thank all of you who listened for the last nine weeks. Even though we're wrapping up this project, KUNR is going to keep looking into this issue, and we have more reporting on it in the future. And the music in today's episode was by Freedom Trail Studio and Rolljui. Our original theme song is by People With Bodies. They're a local Reno band, and we can't thank them enough for making the theme song for this podcast. You guys rock. Michelle Billman and Michelle Matus, you guys are great. Thank you for all your help producing this podcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes if you get a chance. It will let us know if we should keep making new podcasts and what works and what doesn't. I've been Bree Zender. And I've been Joey Lovato. You want to say this together? Sure. Thank Thank you you so so much much for listening. listening.